Good morning and welcome to More Than Money. If it's rainy and drizzly and gray, it must be Saturday morning. <laughs> That's the way it works. Um, if you hear uh, the following sound, that will be coming from Alyssa. Because she is grouchy this morning. All you people that keep calling in, I just love talking to Alyssa. She's always so upbeat. She's always so happy. Yes, she's not today. today. Had a a little road rage on my way here. A little road rage, a little little weather rage. I walk in. It's too humid in here. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I didn't whine. I said, isn't it humid in here? And it is. It's a fact. No, it wasn't right. a complaint. That's, I was stating I, a fact. Yeah, all right. All right and at all right. nine o'clock, it'll get cold in here. That's that's when she's whining. That's yes. as soon as <laughs> yes, as soon as the temperature oh. drops below eighty three, eighty four. Oh, it is so cold in here. <laughs> I can. So hey, welcome. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, indeed. Hi. You've got more than money. You have your host Alyssa Young. You have your co-host <laughs> Mr. Gene Dickinson. Happy to be with you this morning. Happy to be inside. We're, we're glad we made it because we uh, had a detour today. Yeah, if you're out and around and you're traveling west on Route uh, 22, it appears that it is closed between 33 and 191. So um, make an adjustment there. I made an extra adjustment, came over to 512. Alyssa did the proper adjustment and got on at 191 and seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah, those tractor trailers in front of me <laughs> made, were the things that made me the most angry on my way. But we made it. We're here. And here we are. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you are wise in a drizzly gray day, you stay right where you are for the next couple of hours. Learn as much as you possibly can. And uh, get your questions asked and answered. We'll give you a couple different ways that we're going to be able to do that for you this morning. And uh, goodness, I've got some thank yous. Let me get to the ways that you join us. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. That's uh, the most effective way. You get to talk to Mr. Sunshine, Mr. John Elliott. You get to talk to Alyssa. And uh, get your questions asked and answered. And and very useful. It's very useful because you may have the question kind of outlined in your mind, but there might be two or three questions that we have for you first Mm -hmm. so that we get the proper context to give you good information specific to your question versus generic information. Generic information can be useful. That's true. Uh, But, um, gosh, if you want to have the most value for um, your time invested, then uh, ask um, through 610-720-7900. We'll have that discussion. You can send us emails, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com, Gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. And of course, you can go um, modern technology, 21st century, iHeartMedia, uh, go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the Listen Live button. If you prefer, maybe you're at work and you'd like to have that uh, on your headset. So uh, crystal clear, that's fantastic. If you're uh, further afield, coast to coast, we have clients and uh, folks who are listening uh, through uh, the miracles of uh, technology um, 
north and south, coast to coast. Uh, it's rather fantastic. Dozens of states. Uh, very, very cool stuff. So we thank all of you. Morethanmoneyonline.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the listen live button. You're much happier today with the stock market. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was beautiful. What do you think was the difference yesterday? You know, it was because you weren't in the office. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually mostly alone in the office yesterday. All of the desks surrounding me were empty. And so when I saw you at the end of the day, I said, look what I did to the market. So I fixed it yesterday because nobody else was around to mess it up. Did, did you have any curiosity at all about why everyone who sits in desks around you wanted to be out of the office yesterday? Just, I'm just saying, you know, maybe. So that I could fix the stock market. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's one theory. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, the suggestion about showers. I think that's just. What? I think that's just silliness. <laughs> arr, arr, oh, my arr. goodness. I know. That's, <laughs> that's so childish. Yeah. That's that's a Bobby Gunther Walsh reference. It's like my my son and my nephew they call each other stinky. That's like they're, you know, a nine year old and a seventeen year old. You're stinky. That's what guys do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, now I'm I'm getting the brunt of it. We are so sophisticated. <laughs> Men are so sophisticated. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We have a fistful of emails, but before we get to the emails, a couple uh, housekeeping tips. I want to thank everyone. Uh, from uh, St. Nicholas Church up in Walnutport. They hosted their uh, annual golf tournament yesterday. Um, spring swing. I wonder if that means that they're going to have a fall swing. Wouldn't that be cool? Sure. Um, we, uh, we uh, Diane, uh, my wife Diane, if that is her real name, uh, uh, Mark Belsack, we were um, very, very happy to participate. We had a, a tremendous amount of fun, played a reasonable um, game of golf, and um, picked up some uh, prizes, too. So that was nice. Longest Drive. The oh. winner of the Longest Drive yeah. contest was your very own co-host, Gene Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and no one was more surprised than I, because <laughs> there were uh, young men there that were easily uh, half my age or younger um, but on occasion, what do they say? Yeah, blind squirrel finds acorns. Yeah, on occasion. So very, very fortunate. Most um, appreciated, most appreciated about the event. The people were so nice. So many friends of the show. Mm-hmm. They all wanted to know about Alyssa. Yeah, right. Please, please. That's not true. Oh, please. Uh, lots of them watch the PBS show, and uh, some get to see the BRC TV show. Um, so old friends and some uh, audience members, but uh, our just wonderful folks, wonderful, wonderful folks. Mm-hmm. So we're we're very excited um, to say thank you. That's that's nice. I don't get to participate in these things since I don't golf. So I have volunteered to attend future golf outings as the golf cart driver. Yeah, something about. <laughs> about beer runs and I, d- I didn't hear it all yes there have been some volunteering going on yep. i'll just drive yep i can't drive a golf ball but i can drive a golf cart i think i, I guess i'm a we'll, good driver 
I'm a very good jogger. I'm a jogger. I'm a very good jogger. Goodness. Um, oh 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Um, ah, newsletter. Our main newsletter is out for those of you who are saying, gosh, I don't I think I missed the April newsletter. No, you didn't. Gene did. <clears throat> Gene, Gene. <laughs> it was it was a skipperoo. Oopsie. It was one of those oops. What um, did April blink and April's gone. It, and it was. We yeah. spent a week in Salt Lake City. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, we were uh uh and speaking of Salt Lake City, if you get the um However you get the newsletter, there is a photograph. If you get it by email, scroll to the bottom. If you get it by snail mail, just just flip it over uh, uh, from your address uh, label. And there is a lovely group. <laughs> That's a good-looking group. Oh, we're all spiffed up in that picture. Spiffed up uh, in front of uh, banks of gorgeous flowers. Yeah. Uh, in a gorgeous hotel, the uh, Grand America. Grand America, and uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Angie and Chad, and uh, Diane, if that is her real name, Megan, Alyssa made it. <laughs> She's a very good jogger. Um, Greg and uh, and Mark, uh, we had a great time. Yeah, we did. Uh, learned a lot. And uh, and enjoyed. So speaking of learning a lot, if you're not yet a subscriber to our newsletter, there is uh, a lot to be learned. What we answer is real life questions with real world answers. We are not um, academic. So in theory, the exchange rate is between the euro and the Swiss franc. Nah, come on. No, be bored. Be bored. Mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, and then we add in some uh, words are powerful tools. And uh, this month, I am quoting Deepak Chopra. My good friend Greg Grillo and I attended a um, presentation, a speech given by Deepak at Moravian University. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Very nice indeed. Um, so, uh, stock market did have a exceptionally good day. Yes, it's about time. Um, <laughs> any theories? Um. Not really. <laughs> uh, my only gut was just, you know, people taking advantage of a, a pre- the previous day's declines. I don't I didn't see any um, like, you know, news that I thought was really um, a big driver of such a drastic turnaround. You're a very good driver. Um, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in the, the opposite world. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's uh, it's uh, the 13th. This is bad luck. Market went up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, the Fed raised rates 50 bips. The market went up 1,000 points. The next day, nothing had changed, and it went down 900. And you go, uh, wh- what? Mm-hmm. And the proper response to that is, it's just the way it is. And it's one of life's great mysteries. Mm-hmm. So... Part of the challenge is, as an investor, to acknowledge what you can and cannot control. So if you are of a mind that says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to employ a financial advisor because their job is to know when the stock market's going to go up or go down. (laughs) Um, 
incorrect answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knows if the market's going to go up or down. Day by day, hour by hour, uh, Thursday uh, was not a super positive day, but considering that by about 11 o'clock, the markets were all down hundreds and hundreds of points. Right. NASDAQ ended up positive. I think S&P actually ended up positive. Dow was down modestly, just yeah. like almost nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then big day on Friday. So if your investment approach includes uh, the ability to predict the future, you are doomed. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely doomed. Um the other piece of the puzzle is uh, just all you have to do is miss a few days. If you miss just a few days, the rebound that you are praying for may not be yours. Because if you're sitting on the sidelines on that one day, gosh, at one point, I think the NASDAQ actually ended up over 4% yesterday. Oh, I think it, I thought it was like 3.6, but yeah, maybe you're right. Oh, yeah, it it might have ended up about 4 but yeah, could you imagine... Missing out on that if you Hey, had... I'm down 10%, and I really hope it rebounds, but I'm nervous, so I'm going to put my money in cash on Thursday. Yeah. And then it goes up, and I get I would have gotten back a third of my losses in one day. Yeah. And maybe I didn't. 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 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. I had the great honor of, uh, with my wife, Diane, if that is her real name, mm-hmm. um, of attending a, just a wonderful wedding in York County last uh, week after our show. And it was an equally drizzly day, except it, uh, no, it was equally gray day, except it rained steadily for 36 hours. Mm-hmm. Three inches of rain, I think, is what we got at the uh, More Than Money World Headquarters. Uh, it was a miserable day, except two wonderful young people got mm-hmm. married. And the minister, uh, I'm guessing the minister was in his late 60s, early 70s, not his first rodeo. He started his remarks with, isn't it a glorious day? Oh, nice. And it is, and it was. So today, hmm, deja vu all over again. I'm a, Diane, if that is her real name, and I are going to a wedding, this time in Lancaster County, so a little closer, uh, still a little gr- drizzly, but it's 30 degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. And it'll still be a glorious day. It will be a glorious day. 610-720-7900. Do you want to have a little fun? I do, but first I need to promote two things. Please. One is after our 830 break, we're going to be interviewing oh, um, Kagan Morris about annuities. Excellent. So if you have questions about annuities, if you're confused about annuities, if you have some and don't really know what the heck they actually are, you don't want to miss that half hour segment because Kagan has a tremendous gift in how he can mm. understand and explain these things. So um, I just wanted to let And you while know. Kagan's on air and Alyssa is carrying the water because she's the host. Right. She's going to be interviewing Kagan. Send me your questions about email or about annuities by email, gene at askmtm.com. Send those to me, and then that way I can feed those into the interview uh, as we are uh, uh, in real time, yeah. as we say. Great. So that that's number one, Kagan yep. Morris. Kagan Morris at 830 to talk about annuities. And then I also wanted to remind everyone about our Invest in You nice. event. 
So um, that's the quarterly event series Megan and I are hosting for women in the Lehigh Valley. Our next event is on May 28th. So that's the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. It's from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So you can come anytime during that window to the Center for Animal Health and Welfare. That's the animal shelter in Northampton County where there are dogs and cats that need our help and love and attention. So we're going to go there on that day to play with them, to read to them, to make Mm -hmm. dog treats and cat toys. And uh, women are invited to come and bring children. So if you have your own kids, grandkids, niece, nephew, neighbor, anybody who loves animals, bring them along just to do something good for the animal shelter and have a little fun and get together. Um, All the details are on our website. You can't miss the banner at the top where you click the link and see all of the information. And there's an RSVP form. We're asking people to RSVP by next Friday so that we can make sure we have enough supplies um, to make the treats and toys and stuff like that. And we're also asking when you come to bring something um, for the animal shelter. They have a list of items that are helpful to them to help take care of the animals. So if you could donate something to the shelter when you come, we'd appreciate that very much. Any questions about any of that um, with the event or the Invest in You series in general, you can ask me by email or calling me in the office. Outstanding. Outstanding indeed. Puppies and kittens, which you can't beat that. No. Uh, we actually had a visitor to our More Than Money World headquarters yesterday. Yes, we did. Little Aubrey. Aubrey. Oh, my goodness. I think Aubrey is a multipoo. I think that's the name. No, no, no. That's what she did on the carpet. No, multipoo. She, she didn't. Three or four times I thought carpet. there was no. multipoo. Isn't that what? No. No, that's Tammy's dog. And that is the smallest dog I have ever seen in my life. I think it's five pounds. It's so, she's so cute because she's so tiny. She's adorable. And I wanted to hold her so bad, but she wouldn't let me. She's nervous. Wow. She's scared of me. Dogs have good intuition. Oh my gosh. He's being so mean to me. I think I should fire him. (laughs) All right. So you wanted to have fun. (laughs) 610-720-7900. We get lots of emails, uh, lots of inquiries, lots of requests for assistance. And I have got to say, despite um, the, um, the snarkiness of uh, my host here, um, the vast majority of our emails and the questions that we get are wonderful and they're respectful and they're intelligent and they're well-crafted and they're an absolute joy uh, to respond to. The majority. Uh, sadly, that doesn't mean all of them. If you took statistics in school, yeah. you know the term outlier? <laughs> well, okay. This is an outlier. <laughs> okay. So first of all, when, up, it, if, if you're going to email <laughs> and use all caps for an entire email that goes on for three and a half pages, don't. Here's don't. <laughs> don't. Um, what costs are involved in selling a house? Two question marks. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, okay. Uh, house value is 252. Reverse mortgage is now at 221. My brother says, let the house go. Let HUD take it. Uh, by August 31st, 2022, one year since mom's death, not worth it to fix up, needs new roof, but a realtor had it appraised back in September, said if the new roof was put on and we fixed the garage or could go for 285 or now I think even more, maybe 310 maybe 320 maybe higher. Prices have 
skyrocketed recently. <laughs> Folks, we're about 6% in. And so just, I don't know of, if I can make it by the break. There's I don't, like ellipses between Oh, my gosh. There's yeah. lots of. Okay. Uh, and, um, what? Oh, it's I, I, ellipses, right. I, th- I thought you were saying I had a lisp. And that's, that wasn't, no, it's how it's written. It's, I'm doing the best I can. Um, skyrocketed. My brother was named as executor in a will, does not want to probate, turned it over to me officially on a form, notarized, but I cannot serve. Three lawyers said because my name was taken out of new wills in 09 when my father realized my sister was... <laughs> All right, I don't think I could do. Do me to pick up? No, I don't, I don't know. When, when my father realized my sister was pilfering the assets, she was always mom's POA for mom's bill. She was always mom's favorite. Tommy smothered. Since dad died, she she stole eight hundred twenty six thousand bucks. Uh, by the way, if you're gonna write write it in that way, the dollar sign goes in front. <laughs> it doesn't go at the end. I know it sounds like it should eight hundred twenty six thousand the K dollars. dollars, but it actually goes in front. <laughs> I added it up from the tax forms. Uh, I always did mom and dad's taxes. My sister is very bad. <laughs> it actually does. Yes, she is. My sister is very bad. Her new lawyer here in Bethlehem wants me to give him mom's original will so it can proceed, get the house sold, acquire remaining assets. In the banks, undisclosed amounts, other banks, guardianship to August, two Augusts ago. We went to court, Office of Aging, made complaint, and freeze on her getting any more money. So where do I stand? Three question marks. Exactly. And just. No, I have no idea where you stand. Just, I think, way to the left. Um just so that we're clear. Oh, we're running out of time. I know. And we're not even a third. Where do I say? She wants to get an alternate ex- executor, but requested my brother sign over the transfer to her so she can be the new executor. But my mother, wrote, my brother wrote her, and I gave a copy of his letter to her lawyer, which states that even though he, he is not named in the will, I think, I, I don't know, maybe it's the guy writing the uh, equal parts of money should be divided to him as well. I guess I think that's the writer. I think that's oh, the author. Okay. Should be, he should be included. I'll, I'll just assume um, right. uh, Mom and dad took out a 2006 will, also a 2009 will. They were afraid the government would take a third of the money against student loans. I have not been able to pay because I've been taking care of mom and dad. <sighs> uh, he names her attorney. <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, I know the gentleman rather well. Um, my brother's not going to let her be executor. All right, I, I'm done. I, I can't. I can't. That's half. Yeah. Um, in the future, <laughs> you, you're going to have to make some choices if, if this is your role model. Um, number one. Uh, oh, it's, please. Ozark, <laughs> Ozark has nothing on this. It's got nothing on this. Um, in the future, mm-hmm. if you are going to use that as a role model. Understand one of two things. Either we're not going to respond. All the questions, by the way, are legal questions. Every single question. There's a favorite part I have. Will I be barred out of the house with locks, bars? Question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what bar he goes to. And then to. there's a help in all capitals with 
Six exclamation points. Any more questions, be glad to explain. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, just tell you. So Gene's, you know, mad at me for people, like, you know, saying that I should be the host or calling me the host. He's upset. So he sent me this email to answer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, you know what? This one's for Alyssa. <laughs> She's the host. <laughs> She's the hostess with the most. Please don't send me any emails like that. No, send them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding? How much fun is that? Uh, yeah, I uh, guess. It's, it's of no value. I mean, it's of no value relative to what we can do to help. Uh, this gentleman needs an attorney. And and maybe. <laughs> I'll, I'll, se- I'll settle for 175,000 Ks. I doubt she'll give me anything. She hates me for keeping mom and dad alive all these years. <laughs> Accuse me of stealing their... It goes on and on. On and on. <laughs> Brought to you by Netflix and, and the Ozark series. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> b- bottom line is, um, gosh, if you need to vent, you go ahead and vent and you send us all the venting you want. But don't expect that More Than Money Advisors are going to voluntarily get in the middle of the clampets. <laughs> nope, not going <laughs> to happen. Ain't going to happen. Oh, goodness. Ah, thank you. A little bit of relief. <gasps> oh, Ooh, John knew we needed that. That's just, oh, thank you. 610-720-7900. Coming up in the next half hour, Kagan Morris, annuity expert extraordinaire being interviewed by your host, Alyssa Young. If you have questions about annuities, send them to me, Gene, at askmtm.com. Back after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to the home of explanations. You've got Alyssa Young, your host. You've got Gene Dickerson, your co-host. And momentarily, we'll be welcoming to our lines uh, Mr. Kagan Morris, who is uh, an annuity expert extraordinaire and uh, father of two, I think, two young ones. Yeah, he just um, had a newborn. So we'll see if he's even awake because he's in Fort Wayne. I think they're an hour be. I think they're actually in the same time zone. Are they the same time zone? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll find out here momentarily as uh, Alyssa interviews Kagan. If you have questions about annuities, annuities are a fascinating uh, collection of tools that can, uh, gosh, I'll tell you what, the folks who a year ago decided that they uh, would team with us on some of the fixed and fi- fixed indexed annuities through uh, Kagan and Ash Brokerage, you want to talk about smiles on their faces? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And for folks who years ago decided to get guaranteed lifetime income from their annuities, smiles on their faces. So if you want to smile on your face, you're going to want to pay close attention. I think a pad and, and pen are a good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Take some notes. But, of course, as you have questions, send those to me, gene at askmtm.com. And uh, reach out to us. All of our financial advisors are happy to help. Alyssa Young, it's all yours. All right. 
Well, I meet a lot of people who have annuities but don't know how they work or what they're doing for them or what their options are. And that's when I turn to our annuity specialist for help. And fortunately for our radio show listeners, he's here with us right now. So this is Kagan Morris calling from Indiana. Kagan is a retirement income specialist at Ash Brokerage. Good morning, Kagan. Good morning, Alyssa. How are you? Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. You don't sound so good. Is that because you're sleepy or because we have a bad connection? <laughs> oh, it must be a bad connection. Uh, I'm so sorry. I was going to say, I, I've been awake for several hours. <laughs> As you mentioned, I've got two little ones. So I'm wide awake right now. You sound, you sound good now. That's a relief. You are, you are in the same time zone as us, right? That is correct. Yeah, Indiana is split in two time zones, but I'm in the eastern. So okay, so I'm right glad it's not actually an hour earlier for you. <laughs> 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 well, thank you for joining us this morning and taking time out of your uh, busy weekend with the little ones and um, the house and your wife, and we really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, this is going to be great. You, uh, Kagan also facilitates the wonderful retirement income certified professional course that I'm taking. So that's been a great experience for me. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate the feedback. It's a great course uh, through the American College, and we're happy to be able to facilitate it and help uh, people learn more about how to effectively plan for retirement. So yeah. it's, it's a great course. That's what we're all about here. So let's jump right in. Kagan, when people come to us with annuities they don't understand, I tell them that you can do an audit. So can you mm-hmm. tell us who should get an annuity audit and what information do they need to provide in order for you to do that? Yeah, good question. So uh, an audit in general Uh, I would say anyone that owns an annuity and either maybe you're just not sure uh, what the benefits are. You can't remember why you bought this thing or what, you know, what it even is, right? Those are perfect candidates to take advantage uh, of the annuity audit program because we do all the work for you and we'll show you exactly what's there. Uh, But even people that uh, maybe you know exactly what you got. And I heard Gene mention the happy people that bought guaranteed income last year. I know there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're someone that just wants to make sure, you know, I bought this guaranteed income. I know what this annuity is doing, but is it the actual best policy for me? We can check that for you as well. We'll let you know you know, what those benefits are for you today. We can kind of forecast what those benefits will look like in the near future and let you know, can we potentially do better and find a better fit for you as well? If not, we'll give you good news and let you know you're in tip-top shape and you can stay where you are. Yeah, that's always good to have that peace of mind, uh, even if you don't don't need to make a change, knowing, okay, I'm, I'm good. Um, so what do we need to provide you so that you can do, uh, you know, that thorough job? Yeah, so... The most important piece of information we need is just the most recent statement. You know, a lot of annuity contracts will just do an annual statement on the contract anniversary. Uh, Some contracts, uh, especially if it's a registered type uh, annuity, that one's going to send you a quarterly statement. You can send us the most recent quarterly statement. And then we just have a one-page fact finder, okay? And all that fact finder really gives us is some basic information that helps us make sure based on, you know, your age and your timeline are matched up with your goals of what this annuity is supposed to be performing for you. So just those two pieces of information, that's all we need. Our team will take it from there for you. And hopefully it just takes a couple business days for us to get back to you and let you know exactly what you got. 
Awesome. That sounds pretty easy on the, you know, client side. Um, so when you go through all of that and you get back to us with your report, what are the kinds of things you're able to tell people? Like what types of questions do you answer? Maybe just some examples of those, you know, specifics that like how detailed can you get? Yeah, so we can get very detailed. Now, there's going to be, there's obviously scenarios. I know we've seen this uh, in a few we've done where we can't answer necessarily every question on every policy. However, uh, a majority of the time, we can get a lot of your questions answered. So uh, sometimes it's just basic information about a policy. Sometimes it's uh, how much exactly am I paying in fees? You know, because sometimes, unfortunately, one of the downsides to annuities can be, I don't know what the actual fee structure is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't find that out until it's too late, perhaps. Uh, so we help you figure out exactly uh, how much you're paying in fees, how well maybe the policies performed from the actual cash value. Has your money grown since it's been in there? And if it has, how much has it grown on an annualized basis? What are the benefits that I'm paying for in this policy? Uh, if I am paying for benefits, uh, as I mentioned kind of briefly, uh, previously, are they the best possible benefits for me based on my goals today? And then something else that I think a lot of people uh, don't realize when we look at these is also what's the financial strength of the insurance company that you're working with, right? It's turbulent times right now. We've seen a lot of shifts in the industry. We've seen a lot of acquisitions go on from insurance companies. Perhaps you want to take a look at that just to make sure the carrier that you're working with uh, it's going to be around for the long haul, just like this income stream is supposed to as well, right? So we do all those things. And then after we figure that out, if we are looking at potentially the benefits, what we're going to do is just check. We use several different uh, third-party industry-leading tools just to see uh, what the benefits are for your current contract. And depending on what your goals are, can we get better benefits for you uh, and potentially at a better cost for you going forward today. So those are some of the things that we can tell people uh, when we do these audits. Oh, that's a lot of info. That's great. Um, it mm -hmm. seems that many people have been sold annuities regardless of whether it was appropriate for them. And maybe that's why they don't know why they have the annuity. So can you help people understand when is an annuity appropriate? Like why should someone consider an annuity as part of their financial plan? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And one of the things I tell people up front is if you're dealing with someone that only wants to talk to you about an annuity, you're probably talking to the wrong advisor. And if you're talking to an advisor that refuses to talk about an annuity, you're dealing with the wrong mm -hmm. advisor, right? You need to have that agnostic, comprehensive financial planner, just like you all there at MPM. But an annuity in general, we just look at it from a definition standpoint. What does annuity mean? It literally just means guaranteed lifetime income. Annuities have been around for hundreds of years. We just potentially haven't called them annuities, right? So uh, your Social Security paycheck that either you might be receiving now or soon to receive in the future, that's an annuity. Mm -hmm. If you're someone that's fortunate enough to have a pension plan, when you go to exercise the options that you have, you may be shocked to see at the top where it starts listing those choices. It's going to tell you, here's your annuity payout options, right? So annuity, all it is, is guaranteed lifetime income. So the way I think of it is, who is it right for? Well, I think it's right for anyone that potentially doesn't have that pension plan, which is a bulk of people now, right? We've seen a big shift over the last 50 years from defined benefit plans to defined contribution plans, which obviously put a lot of pressure on the employees to not only take on the investment risk, but when they retire, 
figure out how they're going to decumulate throughout retirement, right? Mm -hmm. So those people, it's perfect. Think of it as when your expenses in retirement from needs, wants, and wishes. We think about guaranteed income of covering the needs, right? Let's cover those basic living expenses to help you maintain a standard of living no matter how long you or your spouse live. So the way I think of it, too, is no matter what, when you're in retirement, running out of assets is just catastrophic. Mm -hmm. However, running out of assets with guaranteed income that's uh, covering basic living expenses is much less catastrophic, right? So that's the big thing we think of it, and that's where an annuity is critical for someone is to cover those uh, expenses. Now, on the flip side, we've seen a little bit of an increase in people using them for other reasons as well, especially in this environment. Gene mentioned a little bit. Uh, before I came on the line, I heard. And, you know, let's look at like CD rates today, right? Uh, even though interest rates have gone up, CD rates have very slowly crept up, right? They're really nothing uh, to walk home and brag about. And we've also seen over the course of the pandemic, uh, people have increased their cash, cash positions by over 40% in the past two years. So they've become great savers, but now we got to look at the fact that inflation is hitting record highs, things we haven't seen in you know, decades, right? So we also have uh, tools to use. It's just a nice, safe money alternative. Let's put our money in a spot where we can get a nice, reasonable rate return, get that downside protection, and hopefully help offset some of this crazy interest rate environment that we're living in right now. So those are the two big areas that we see. Yeah, we just had a case we worked on together that fit exactly what you just described um, like a week or two ago. And we had a happy, mm-hmm. a happy client who said, oh, great, I feel better now about my money earning about 3% for the next three years. That's what all he wanted. And um, mm-hmm. you have so many different options that when someone comes to us with a specific request, we can usually match it up. May I? Yep. Sure. Thank Gene. you so much. Kagan, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Gene. Thank you. How are yeah. you? Alyssa gave me permission to speak. So this is, this is a... <laughs> That's how it works around here. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, one of the... Um, primary uses that I'm seeing recently, particularly recently, in the use of, uh, again, specifically fixed annuities and fixed indexed annuities uh, is as a bond replacement. Uh, In many of our investment portfolios for our clients, we have traditionally had a substantial block of their money invested in the bond market. And as Alyssa will tell you, she has been very frustrated. She growls a lot at her desk (laughs) about rising interest rates, pushing the value of bonds down. If if we look at just since the first of the year, the bond, general bond market is down, depending on the index that you're looking at, 7 to 11%. If you're looking at a fixed annuity or a fixed indexed annuity, your principal is down zero. You are not losing interest. You're not losing principal. My apologies. So uh, for those of us who are of the opinion, it's just an opinion. We are not psychic, psychotic. Yes, not psychic. But we believe the next couple of years, maybe even a bit longer, is going to produce a difficult or negative result in the bond market. And if you can swap out a plus 3% per year for the next three years for what may very well be a minus 5 or 6% a year for the next three years, what a huge swing. And considering many of our clients have half of their money in bonds, 
taking half of your portfolio and allowing it to simply kind of melt away on the bond side, almost in a guaranteed sense that you're going to lose money and swap that for a position that um, has principal protection and depending on the product that you choose, a, either a guaranteed or at least a highly probable rate of return on the positive side. That's a huge swing and a real opportunity for a lot of folks who are investing in bonds as we speak. That's, that's a great point, Gene. If I, if I may, um, it is no exaggeration about the bond market right now. If you actually look at the taxable bond market, it is the worst start in U.S. history for the taxable bond market. As you mentioned, I think I checked yesterday and it was down 10%. Uh, so that is the area we've seen a big inflow, right? Uh, historically, people have used bonds for two reasons, right? Uh, principle, safety of principle for the most part, right? But also a reasonable rate of return. That's exactly what we use some of these annuity contracts for is we know the principle is guaranteed and we're going to earn a reasonable rate of return over the next three, five, seven years, depending on the option that you choose. It's exactly right. Awesome. So we've touched on in that conversation a couple of types of annuities. We've thrown around some terms, right? So maybe we can talk a little bit about all those flavors of annuities and kind of a general overview of is there a type of annuity that address best addresses a specific type of solution. So as the first example, you're looking for a bond replacement to get you some interest instead of losing money while interest rates are rising. Is there a particular type of annuity that best does that? And is there a particular type of annuity that does some other, you know, accomplishes some other type of goal? Do you have like a general rule of thumb for that? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, you know, I can, I'll give a rundown here, but I also think it comes down to a little bit of risk tolerance as well and just preference as an investor, right? We're all different. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have, you, you'll talk to a hundred different people and they all have a hundred different goals and they want to get there a hundred different ways, right? So that's the nice thing about the annuity market. It can be complicated because there's so much out there, uh, but working with people like you all, they can find the right uh, basically solution to what they're trying to accomplish. So in general, we really touched on the fixed and the index there when, when Gene brought up. So the way I think of it is if someone is listening and they're kind of taking some notes, I make a little timeline from left to right. And on the far left-hand side, I put fixed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now fixed in general uh, is essentially, I, I don't want to equate it to a CD, but it's basically I'm getting a guaranteed rate of return for a certain amount of time. Let's say three, five, or seven years. Alyssa, you mentioned it briefly. Uh, one of your clients recently did uh, a three-year contract for like 3%, right? That's mm-hmm. great. What you'll see is typically the longer you go out, the higher rates you might get. So you might see mid 3% in the five-year range and up closer to four if you go out to seven, right? So all that means is I'm going to get a guaranteed rate of return declared upfront for that set amount of time. That's a good option for a, a bond replacement right now because we're getting a guaranteed rate of return. The principal is untouched. I'm just going to earn interest over the next short period of time. To the right of that on the timeline, I say fixed index annuity or FIA. Now, these kind of get um, you know a bad rap, and sometimes it's, it's justified. Sometimes it's not. I think they play a great role here as well because what they're going to do is interest rates are very competitive right now, which is great. We're also in a rising interest rate environment, and some people struggle to lock in uh, a five-year rate knowing that rates are going to keep going up. So where indexed options become great is essentially all they do is they say, I'm going to give you a smaller guaranteed rate of return 
than what a traditional fixed product would. But I'm also going to give you the ability to get some upside potential uh, by tracking interest linked to how the market performs, right? So what we see typically or historically when you look at an index product, the average annualized yield typically falls between 1% to 1.5% more or higher than what a fixed product would. So that also serves as a good bond replacement in a way, in a way because we're protecting the downside and giving our chance or the ability to earn a higher yield than what we might get with a fixed product. Okay. Then when I tell people on the farthest right-hand side of that line, I make uh, a, a spot that says variable, right? Mm -hmm. So the variable annuities are a little easier to describe where that one I'm essentially buying into mutual funds that are wrapped inside of an annuity, right? So I get some benefits of an annuity and I'm essentially just buying different sub accounts where I have the full upside and downside of the market. And the reason I go to that one third is because the newest one that has just come to the market the past couple of years and people have probably seen a lot about is the registered index linked annuities. And I think that one's best to describe last because it's kind of a hybrid between your indexed and your variable type annuities, right? Because what that registered product does or registered index linked does it's going to give you some downside protection, and it's going to allow you to choose how much downside you want. And at the same time, it's going to give you a certain amount of upside compared to the downside risk you're willing to take on. So it's kind of that perfect blend between the index products and the variable products where you now have some flexibility to choose, okay, how much risk do I want to take on? And the more risk I take on, typically the higher return I have the ability of earning. So we've seen those become very popular because, of course, you know, uh, investing is very emotional, right? It's tough to take your money out of the market. You don't want to miss out on the upside. At the same time, you know you need to lock in some gains. That's where those registered index link products have become very handy because now you've got that flexibility on an annual basis to kind of adjust your risk tolerance position to maximize your upside uh, returns. For everybody, that's, that's yeah. kind of general. Uh, excellent. Outstanding. Uh, for everybody listening at this point, their heads hurt. Um, <laughs> It's far easier to see that uh, kind of sketched out on a on a on a whiteboard. Um, but one of the most critically important pieces of understanding how annuities work is that whatever the guarantees are, whatever assurances they they are providing you, they are providing you at the full uh, claims paying ability of the individual company. Uh, as I recall, Kagan, correct me, please, if, if, if I'm way off base, but there are dozens, if not hundreds of annuity companies. And if one promises the moon and the stars, is that the one to grab? The answer, probably not. But how does an individual know? I don't think how uh, an, an individual consumer can know in any way, shape or form confidently. How does Ash go about vetting these companies so that we as advisors can have confidence that the guarantees that they're giving our clients uh, can be met? That, that's a great question, Gene. And I, I hope you all can hear me. Okay. My phone kind of. No, you're doing great for a second. Good. Yeah. So, what we do, and, and like you mentioned, it's very hard as a consumer. If you just Google an insurance company, you're going to get to their website, and their website's going to look very nice. You're going to see pictures of happy people on there, right, that probably aren't even real customers. And then you might have to dig to find the financial ratings. And when you find the financial ratings, uh, it's probably going to just be very trimmed down 
It's not going to be like a prospectus of a stock you're going to buy on the exchange. Instead, it's going to look very fancy. It's going to only promote the good stuff, right? A lot of companies do that. Uh, but what we do is we have access to tools that actually pull every single piece of financial information out about those insurance companies, uh, how much business they do, and every type of insurance. Because you do want to kind of find a company that's well-balanced, right? When we see companies that really focus in one area, they are at some risk because they're a little over leveraged in one line of business. When you do multiple lines of business, it helps balance out your overall portfolio as an insurance carrier. So we look at those types of things. Uh, how many assets do they have available? Uh, we look at a thing called risk-based capital, meaning how, many, uh, how much assets they have on hand to actually pay out claims today, right? So the higher percentage of risk-based capital you have, the better you are financially uh, uh, position-wise as an insurance company. So we look at things like that. One of the other things we look at as well is, uh, as you mentioned, every uh, claim is based on the uh, uh, paying ability from the insurance carrier. We're going to also look at what kind of bonds are they holding in that general account to back that. Uh, and when I say look at it, we're going to look at a high level, high, high overview. And also, what's the duration of the bonds that they're holding, right? Uh, because they may be in a long hold position, and that might put them not in a bad position long term, but it helps us know for long term pricing what it looks like. If they're not as agile as maybe a carrier that has a little bit better of a bond position for long term pricing. So those are the things we look at as well. Uh, and then we'll see uh, what their revenue has been over the last three, five, and ten years, just to make sure they're they're financially solvent. Excellent, excellent, Kagan. We have uh, about one minute left before we go to a hard break, and Alyssa has a final question for you. Um, Kagan, you've okay. been so helpful. So, um, if you had to wrap it up in that sixty-second, um, you know, final uh, sales pitch, I guess, if you will, and not in a in a salesy way, but in a we can help you way. What are the things people can do to better make sure they're getting an annuity that's right for them? Let's give them that peace of mind. Yeah, so the first thing to know is an annuity is a phenomenal tool. It's just a phenomenal tool based on your situation. So if you're looking at one, make sure whoever you're working with, you're getting more than one option. You know, mm. if you go to some sort of seminar and you're seeing a product on a screen, you should walk away and not talk to that person because they're not going to help you with anything <laughs> else, right? And if you're talking with someone that doesn't want you to get any additional feedback, you should walk away as well. So the big thing to remember is these tools are designed for specific things, guaranteed income to make sure you cover basic expenses, and also to help you hedge against some of the low interest rates or the volatility in the trade environment right now, like Gene and I discussed earlier, for your safe money of your portfolio. They're great tools for that as well. Thank you so much. You've been so helpful. You enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll be back with more More Than Money right after this. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Alyssa Young, your host. You've got Gene Dickinson, your co-host. Happy to be with you. I want to thank Kagan Morris. Me too. Ah, uh, he's so sharp. Uh, 
fine young man uh, raising a wonderful young family and helping so very many people. I know that prior to joining our More Than Money family, annuities were not on your radar screen. No. And and you have learned a tremendous amount, mostly through uh, Kagan and, of course, on the variable annuity side. We're very blessed. We have a number of uh, advisors that help us out and get us a good understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the situations I don't think you've bumped into yet that I wanted to share with the audience about annuities. Lots of folks um, have heard that they should avoid annuities. And uh, often they will express that to me as I don't believe in annuities. Uh, and to be blunt, annuities don't particularly care whether you believe in them or not. <laughs> they have no emotional reaction to your emotional reaction. No. They simply exist. It would be the uh, moral equivalent of saying you, you, you drop by somebody's house and they're cutting down a tree and uh, they're using a, uh, a butter knife. <laughs> and you go, Wait, well, okay, hang on a second. Why do you not just use a chainsaw? I, d- I don't believe in chainsaws. What? <laughs> uh, these are tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Kagan um, made a reference that I thought was incredibly insightful. So that if you're talking to an advisor and all they want to talk about is annuities, it's the wrong advisor. Oh, and if you're talking to an advisor and they refuse to talk about annuities, it's the wrong advisor. Uh, that, by the way, uh, defines Ken Fisher and their group perfectly. Okay. Ken Fisher announces he will die before he, over my dead body, will I sell an annuity. Well, yeah, your choice. Mm, it's okay with me. Uh, bottom line is uh, they claim to be fiduciaries. You can't be a fiduciary. You cannot be a financial uh, advisor as a fiduciary and, and simply decide I'm going to ignore an entire block of tools right. not, uh, that you can't be. So dear Ken, bonehead. Um, so the, the use that I don't think you've bumped into yet that we've used a handful of times, okay. not very often, but a handful of times is uh, the maximum in income immediate annuity. For most of our clients, we're putting money away for the future. Annuities also come in what are, what are called SPIAs, single premium immediate annuity. Mm-hmm. Particularly for folks who are a little older, they can produce tremendously high incomes. And I mean, to the point, some folks have turned to me and gone, uh, this sounds too good to be true. It isn't. And I can explain I'm not, but I can uh, why it isn't. Um, but particularly one uh, couple in particular, good friends, we've known them for years and years and years, came into a block of money through very difficult circumstances, and they needed to know that they would never run out of money. That's the definition of a single premium immediate annuity. You give a very um, well-known, very financially strong, very trusted uh, insurance carrier a block of money, and they guarantee that for as long as either, in this case, either of them should live, they get a very large check. I actually have done that a couple of times. Wow, look at you. It makes me so happy to know that they have that assurance that their bills are going to be paid. 
it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. um, there were, for many years, long before us, uh, pensions were everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's every person went to a job with the idea that they would start at 18. They would work until they were dead or 65. They'd get a gold watch and a pension. And the pension was almost miraculous. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you didn't have to work, but you got a paycheck, so to speak, uh, for the rest of your life. Most folks don't have that, but they could. Right. So if you're out there listening and saying, wait a second, you know, I have my 401k, I have a rollover IRA, I have money saved. I never had a chance to have a pension. You still do. Alyssa at askmtm.com. <laughs> 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Um, someone writes. Oh, a young lady writes. I've been watching your show on PBS. Thank you for all the great information. I have a question about Social Security survivor benefits. My husband passed away suddenly in August of 2020. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 68 years old. Mm. Since I am 68 years old. But I still hit the longest drive yesterday. Right. Okay, thank you. Uh, At the time, uh, okay, so August of 2020, we're a year and a half later. At the time, I was 58 in two months, and I did not submit for survivor benefits. As I had read, I could not prior to age 60. Correct. So far, so right. Mm-hmm. This year I have turned 60 and I have a few questions about the process. Should I apply for the Social Security Survivor Benefits now? Will collecting those benefits be affected in any way by my salary earnings as I currently work full time? And if I collect the benefits now, will they affect my benefits when I start collecting when uh, I reach full retirement age of 67? Great question. So what are your great answers? All right. So we'll take this one at a time. Please. Should I apply for my benefits now? Um, That depends on what you need. Um, If you apply for your survivor benefit at 60, it will be less than if you wait until you reach full retirement age. But if having a smaller benefit now is better for you, than waiting until it gets bigger, closer to your full retirement age, then you should take the smaller benefit. So the best thing to do would be to look at what the benefit would be now. It will be reduced because you're only 60 um, and how much it could be if you wait a year, two years, you know, up to your full retirement age of 67. Um, We can decide, hey, what, what does it make? When does it make the most sense to take it? Collecting your survivor benefit does not is not affected by your earnings so it's based on your um, husband's earnings record what his primary insurance amount at full retirement age would have been based on his earnings in his lifetime um, and the age you take it those are the two things that affect the survivor benefit it has nothing to do with your earnings um, so that was your second question and the third question, if I collect the benefits now, will they affect my benefits when I start collecting? No. So that's the beautiful thing about having options um, when you have a survivor benefit and your own. Uh, yours, all yours um, depends on is your earnings and your age um, separately from the survivor benefit. So you have a flexibility where you could take a survivor benefit First, if it's the smaller of the two and let yours grow and then switch to yours Um 
there's lots of different ways you can do it, and um, it depends on your earnings versus your husband's. So one of the things that Mark Basak, our Social Security specialist, always recommends is to request from your local Social Security office a benefit matrix. And the benefit matrix will put your survivor benefits on one column and your own benefit on another column, and you'll be able to compare what amount they'll be at each month for the next several years, and that can help strategize how to maximize your benefit. Um, We can help you with that, and you can actually come in and have a free consultation with Mark. It's best if you even bring that benefit matrix with you, and you can sit down across the table from Mark, and he will explain to you He'll ask you a few questions and then say, okay, let's circle this date here for this benefit and circle this date here for this benefit. And this would be your ideal situation. And we can match up your need versus your options and you'll um, be in great shape. Excellent. Um, Mark's uh, rule of thumb for when do you take Social Security? When you need it. Pretty simple stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Uh, individual rights, good information on the annuity interview. Great. Okay. Glad it was helpful. One factor not discussed okay. was the importance of the annuity holder's age. Please give some insight mm-hmm. into this factor. As a matter of fact, yesterday I reached out to a few annuity um, experts <clears throat> on behalf of a new client who is almost 87. Mm. And some of them said, sorry, our max issue age is 85. So some don't issue policies if you're older than 85 or thereabouts. Some um, give you more higher rates Mm -hmm. if you are older or if you start your income later, you get higher income. So, yeah, age is an important part of the equation. Can be. Can be. Age can be an important part of an annuity discussion or not. If... um, in our earlier discussion, we talked about annuities as a, um, a proxy for bonds. If you're 55 years old and you want to substitute an annuity for bonds, age has nothing to do with it. If you are 55 years old and you want to substitute an annuity payout for your paycheck, it's a really bad idea because there's a minimum age that you can withdraw 59 and a half without penalty. So that, in that case, age does have an impact. If you're going to invest in a RILA, a registered index-linked annuity, and you intend to leave that money there for the next six or seven years until it matures, age has little or nothing to do with it. If you want to maximize your, um, we we had talked just moments ago about uh, maximizing the income that you can get from a block of money. Age has everything to do with it. Someone who's 62 is going to get a much smaller number than someone who is 85. Yeah, that's right. No? Yes? No? John? Just a quick question from a listener. Sure. From the interview that Alyssa did, how can they get a hold of a representative from that company? Oh, Well, you can contact us at MTM Financial Group, and we will help facilitate that. So thank you for that question. Um, At the end of the show, we give information on how to reach us at the office. Uh, We don't 
provide that phone number during the show because we don't want to confuse you. The phone number that you call while <laughs> we're here is a different phone number. So if you you can email me, you, you've gotten my email address several times already, Alyssa at askmtm.com. Um, and let me know um, just briefly what you're looking for, and we can set that up. We can get some information from, mm. from Kagan and his team. He works with um, uh, a gentleman named Bobby. Bobby's super responsive mm. and helpful, too. So, yeah, we'd be happy to do that. Thanks, John. Yeah, and it's part of our business model. It's, uh, there, there's two observations about our business model, one relative to the radio show and one relative to Kagan and Ash Brokerage. The business model relative to Kagan and Ash Brokerage is pretty straightforward. Uh, They provide financial advisors, high-quality financial advisors, coast-to-coast, coast-to-coast, with the support and the um, structure to assist their clients. So uh, how do you access Kagan? Through more than money and our more than money advisors. And, and we're, we're absolutely happy to do that. The annuity uh, uh, audit is uh, done at no charge, mm-hmm. and you can coordinate that through Alyssa. Pretty straightforward stuff. That's the Ash business model, which is they are behind-the-scenes partners for advisors such as us. Um, the second business model is the issue of you're absolutely right. We announce how to get a hold of us one time, end of the show. And we've had lots of folks over the years go, um, why don't you announce your number a whole lot more often? And the answer is it's a choice. Uh, in, in our opinion, um, if you're listening to a show and every three minutes, call now, call now, call now, call the 800 number. People are standing by. Uh, it is an absolute red flag indicator that they are on air simply as salespeople, simply as salespeople. And um, while I'm, I'm certain there will be circumstances where that assumption is incorrect, um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm running right around 97, 98% accurate with that uh, assessment. Mm-hmm. So we are very committed to not being uh, those salespeople. We are very committed to making sure that you get tons of great information as much as we can squeeze into couple of hours on a Saturday morning. And as a matter of fact, let's give him another example. Okay. Uh, thanks for all the information in your newsletters and especially Tuesday's uh, PBS TV programs. Uh, when I get a chance to tune in, well, you're a busy person. All right. Um, my question's about the status of the ownership of my bank accounts, checking and savings after my demise. I am 83 year old, 83 year old widow for 23 years now, bless her. 10 years ago, I established a trust with my daughter as the contingent owner. I have three bank accounts, uh, that and that for more than 15 years, uh, they have listed and been titled both in my name and my daughter's. Uh, I've made inquiries at the bank and were told the assets would be passed to my daughter without any question. Can you advise if there will be any inheritance requirements for my daughter from the state of Pennsylvania? Yeah. So it's a, if that's a joint account, yep. um, the bank is right that um, the ownership, your daughter will retain the ownership. It's a joint um, ownership with rights of survivorship. So mm-hmm. the o- owner who sur- is the survivor retains ownership, but she will owe inheritance tax on half the value of the accounts because she's inheriting half of it from you. Technically, um, and, and Alyssa is absolutely right, and technically uh, she currently owns half of those accounts. 
when you, um, and a lot of folks are not clear about this, when you say, I'm just going to add one of my kids to my accounts. It'll make it easier for them to write checks. It'll make it easier for this or that. What you have done is given them half of your account. If your account has 1100 bucks in it, maybe not a big deal. If your account has $111,000 in it, you've given them 55000 bucks. Now, in their minds, they may not perceive it that way either. We hope not. But could they remove blocks of money? Sure. Legally, they are half owners. And with rights of survivor means legally they are owners of the entire account. So could they take all the money? The answer is yes, they could. Mm-hmm. N- again, 99% don't. 99% no worries. 99% were on solid ground. But that's what you have done. You have given away half of the account. So again, using a simple number, $100,000 total in these accounts, daughter is on the accounts. 50,000 of it is already hers. She does not pay inheritance tax on that. 50,000 is mom still. Four and a half percent going directly to daughters is going to be about 2,200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And if you're okay with that, life is grand. Yeah. Um, I had a, a situation for with a client we were talking about recently where um, the daughter was added to mom's bank account um within like within or less less than a year before she died and the bulk of the money in the account was from the sale of her home while mom was in um like a nursing home oh sure so when it came time to settle the estate became an issue where this bank account wasn't jointly owned for at least a year mm. and she couldn't prove that because it wasn't true, that half the money actually was hers. Mm. It came from mom's house. Mm-hmm. So she owes inheritance tax, inheritance tax on the entire balance. Yeah, understand, of course, that if uh, the government can figure out a way to weasel more money out, they're going to figure it out That's and right. they're going to weasel. <laughs> ay, ay, yep. ay. It's something to keep it. I brought it up only because a lot of people think about these types of strategies, and I answered a different question this week that was similar. They're trying to think of these strategies to reduce their kids' burden or you know, or make sure they're getting more of their inheritance instead mm-hmm. of having to give some of it back to the government in the form of taxes. And they're always trying to figure out what's the best way to do that. Can I avoid my kid paying this kind of tax or that kind of tax? So putting home in for example in joint ownership Mm. is not necessarily the best move if you're trying to protect your kid because guess what then they don't get a stepped up cost basis if Mm -hmm. uh, there was a beach house scenario someone asked if i if i give my kid put my kid's name on the deed of our beach house you know can he avoid inheritance taxes Mm. as a matter of fact you might owe more tax because it's not a primary residence it's a vacation home and now he's joint owner, so he doesn't get a stepped-up cost basis. So you have to be really careful about does your this. Does your head hurt yet? <laughs> we have, that's uh, why you email us. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why we have a complete tax division inside our More Than Money World headquarters, headed up uh, by Diane, if that is her real name, and other really, really good people whose names we have verified. Really good people. Uh, yeah, the tax side of it, uh, and right about the time you, it's it's those old uh, what stress reliever uh, things where you squeeze them yeah. and they come out like nine or silly putty. You squeeze it this way, it goes that way. Uh, hey, we avoided all of the inheritance taxes. 
and we stuck them with a huge capital gains tax. Hey, we avoided all the capital gains taxes, and we lost it to Medicaid because we were cared for in a nursing facility. Yeah, if you think that some of these things are 100% guaranteed, you ain't thinking right. Mm-mm. 610-720-7900 says, Good morning, Gene. I purchased a Pennsylvania municipal bond last September. Uh, with Vanguard idea, I'm going to park some cash for five to seven years. Looked like a safe investment, pretty consistently returned four or 5% the last 10 years. Since I bought it, it's down 10%. Ouch. Yes. Any idea what gives? Sure. I'm uh, leaning on just leaving it there, hoping it comes back. Any thoughts? Sure. Next question. I answered the actual questions. No, okay, kidding, just kidding. Uh, as Kagan mentioned and as reported uh, widely, the bond market this year is down uh, just about uh, 10%. Now, interestingly enough, the taxable bond market, this is a PA tax-free bond market, or bond uh, either, I don't know if it's a, he says it's, oh, it's a bond fund, very good, with Vanguard. Um, uh, had The taxable bond market has produced a positive total return 42 of the last 46 years. That's a very high number. That's, that, that, that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, 90 plus percent of the time. It is down 10% this year. Mm-hmm. So explaining this is not difficult. Interest rates go up. Bond prices go down. People go, well, I, I'm not sure I understand why. It's pretty simple. If you invest $10,000 in a bond, and you bought it, and it was paying 2% interest, $200 a year. And uh, newly issued bonds are currently paying 3% interest, $300 a year. And you say to someone, I would like to sell you my bond, and they say, why would I buy your bond? I, I can take the same 10000 and go get 3%, and you're offering me 2%, so see ya, don't want to be ya. Sorry. Uh, even I thought that was cheesy. And you say, but but I really need to sell. Well, then you're going to have to give me a discount. And if you get it down to about 9500 bucks, then your 2% on 9500 bucks is about 3% on $10,000. Yeah, so give me a discount. Translation, the value has dropped. In this case now, 10% in less than five months. Uh, sadly expected to continue. Right. Sadly, uh, interest rates are expected to rise on a regular or irregular basis, doesn't matter, over the next couple of years. So almost a guaranteed loss over the next couple of years. Now, this gentleman has thrown us a wrinkle. He had expected to leave it for five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Is... Are bonds going to go down for the next five to seven years? We don't know. Um, I think probably not that long. Probably. That's a great word. Probabilities. We Nobody has psychic abilities, so we have to use probabilities. It's the only intelligent way to approach it. If the markets, bond markets are positive 91% of the time, the odds that it goes down the next five to seven years are very, very slim. Impossible? No. No. Could it happen? Are things different? Are lots of idiots kind of in charge of the asylum? Sure. So could they cause economic devastation? Sure they could. Is it likely? 
No. No, it really isn't. So if this gentleman is leaning towards leaving it there with the hopes that it has a rebound, what do you think? Um, I If he's willing to ride it out mm. and not panic about what happens in the next two years, mm. then I suppose that he could. But I, I think that there's better alternatives right now. Oh, there may be. Um, and, of course, we start with it depends. Yeah. Because he this may be $10,000 of a million-dollar portfolio, and it's go ahead and leave it there. Yeah. Because one way or another is going to have marginal impact. If it's a hundred thousand of a hundred and ten thousand dollar portfolio, you got to get out now. Yeah. You you have got to get out now. Uh, if the simple um, shift from this account to that fixed three year annuity that we were talking about earlier at three percent in three years, he'll be back to even. So he's down ten percent in a few months. In three and a half years, he'll have all his money back, and then he can turn a profit. Mm -hmm. It depends. Speaking of It Depends, that's the voice of an angel saying we're going to our last break of the show. When we return, lots more, more than money. And, of course, a focus on you. 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. Alyssa at AskMTM.com. Gene at AskMTM.com. Your emails, your calls after this on More Than Money. I'm giving Welcome back to More Than Money. It actually looks a little lighter out there. It does not look quite as dismal. I'm going to a soccer game after this. I would like it if it doesn't rain on me. Uh, well, the grass is already going to be wet. They still I, play on wet grass? Usually they close the fields if it's too if wet. If it's gushy. But uh, maybe um, it. they decided that it's not that bad. I did put boots in my car so that my feet won't get wet and cold. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Are we O for the show on phone call? Um, only one call uh, that John air. relayed. Yeah, yeah. We haven't had any live. Mm. Who wants to be the first? Uh, no live calls and no dead calls either. I mean, let's be honest. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Alyssa at askmtm dot com. Gene at askmtm dot com. Uh, I plan to take Social Security soon. My CPA says I need to pay tax on 85% of my benefit at the rate of 24%. How do I make sure the deduction is taken out each month? Okay. Well, you just have to tell Social Security that you want your tax withheld, and it'll come out before the check arrives to you. Um, Best way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely the best way to do it. And it's wise. Either you were wise to ask or the CPA was wise to offer a lot of folks get to the um, tax prep on the first year they have Social Security, and they owe 3000 bucks. 
And they're going, WTF, nothing's changed. Hey, Social Security, I didn't think it was taxable. Yup. I've just been learning the very complex formulas for determining how much of your Social Security is taxable. It's craziness. Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) It's even more complex than I thought. I used to think it was a pretty straightforward, like, um, here's your income. Is it if it's above this, this mm. much is taxable, and then if it's above this higher number more is taxable. Mm. But how the income is determined is complicated. It's it's pretty wild. Is it more complicated than Irma? Um Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they and go hand in hand. For those of you who have not yet met Irma, <laughs> she's a complicated girl. She's just multidimensional. Oh God. Uh, I've been watching your More Than Money show for about a year now, respecting your 780 years of experience. Mm -hmm. Much respect. Uh, My wife of 52 years and I found an estate lawyer who we had draft new wills for us. It's 75 now. We started saving for retirements in in the 1960s before there were IRAs. Raised two kids, never had a home mortgage for more than five years. Watched our investments grow to well over $3 million. Well done. Uh, We are Pennsylvania (laughs) residents. Our Vanguard accounts all have beneficiaries and secondary beneficiaries. Good. Uh, I am gradually moving traditional IRA amounts to a Roth IRA each year. Total stock market and balance index funds are set up to go to our two children with about a million each upon my death to let them inherit these funds at their stepped up values. Look at this. Question for you is based on our daughter, an aged 50 Pennsylvania resident, uh, being responsible for our medical care under the wills, under our wills, and our son, an aged 55 Colorado resident, being responsible for the financial handling of our money under the wills. No matter how many times I've tried to get my wife educated in our finances, she just has no interest or inclination. While neither of us will ever receive Social Security, oh, Interesting. She'll receive about 65. Some people don't get Social Security. Yep. Uh, we, she will receive about 65% of my inflation indexed pension when I pass. We both have long-term care insurance. She has a traditional IRA um, I contributed to when I was working. Our home's worth about 550 Our cars are paid for. Since my wife has trouble even writing a check and refuses to use a computer, I am concerned that while both my children are financially capable, is it wise to have my son handle financial matters from Colorado? We wanted both our children to play a substantial role during our declining years, but I'm worried our son may not be able to provide his mother with the assistance she would require after my passings. Any thoughts you would share would be appreciated. Wow. It's yeah. kind of him to be, you know, planning for this so that he knows his wife will be in good hands. Uh, it, it is kind of him. He's got a bit of a whiny tone to it. <laughs> And I understand that frustration. They've been married 52 years. At this point, you, the, the gloves are off. We are not sugarcoating these things. My wife doesn't want to. She's not interested. It's really a no- I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's not unusual. Mm-hmm. It is very, very usual that in a family scenario, uh, one person used to always be the husband. And now... That's that's ridiculous to even use that as a thought. Uh, I would guess uh, in this generation, in his generation, it's probably 75-25, 75% male versus female, husband versus wife. I think in my generation, it's probably 60-40, 
I think in Alyssa's generation, it's probably 50-50 or more with more women handling the financial side. And it's a very, very good trend. Women tend to outlive men. There are several jokes about why. We'll just let those slide for the moment. But women tend to outlive men. So if they are very skilled and very informed about the financial uh, operations of their family, good. That's fantastic. In this case, mom is not interested. She has never been interested. Stop annoying her. (laughs) Now, and that's another old joke. Uh, Don't try to put lipstick on a pig. Right. Um, number one, it doesn't change how they appear. And number two, it annoys the pig. So stop. Now, uh, the issue with your son in Colorado is a very real one. It's, it's a logistical issue. Having a financial advisor waiting in the wings, having a financial advisor that your wife has met, has, has discussed the situation with, is comfortable with, has confidence in, It may take some work. You may have to interview a number of them to find one. But allowing that resource, that support system that's not in Colorado with any luck at all, it's 20 minutes away um, to be your wife's safety net. Uh, It sounds to me like you have done a wonderful job of constructing and arranging your financial um, affairs to benefit your wife, your family, you've done a wonderful job. There will be a time where you are gone. It's just that simple. And there's two ways to get anything done in this world. Do it yourself. Delegate it. That's one of the reasons why God invented financial advisors (laughs) to be able to help. And we have a fair number of uh, clients in exactly this circumstance And one of the major reasons that we work with them now is so that uh, the spouse, male or female, that decides, I just don't want to do this. They have that resource. They have that that structure. They have that delegated uh, person that they can trust when the time comes. Sounds like good advice. And if you keep getting snarky like that, the time's going to come sooner Ooh, than you think. Watch out. <laughs> so just be careful. Ah, 610-720-7900, Alyssa and AskMTM.com, Gene at AskMTM.com. Alyssa, would you introduce our guest, please? Yes, we have a phone call, and it's from Zane Belsack. Good morning, Zane. Good morning to you both. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. You're, you're home on your summer break, right? I am. I'm at um, I'm at Mr. Mark's house. Mr. Mark, <laughs> for our... he's downstairs listening. Oh, okay. He's gonna um give you a full critique after you hang up the phone. <laughs> he always does. Uh, hi, Mark. Um, and for our loyal listeners, you recognize these names. Mark Belsack is my colleague, and Zane is Mark's son, who just finished his sophomore year at Monmouth University, and he's home on summer break. And I actually asked Zane to call today because, Zane, I have a question for you. We um, would love to hear from from a young person who's interested in finance. Zane is actually pursuing a finance degree. He wants to get into the world of financial advising. Um, so he's got a special interest in all the things we talk about on this radio show. But, Zane, I was curious about 
your friends. You've got friends, I'm sure, who aren't also studying finance in school, right? And if you can you tell us among kids your your age, young men your age, um, are you, do you guys talk about investing? Do your friends invest? Like, what is the kind of temperature of college age students right now when it comes to planning for their financial future? Um, so I'm pretty sure I've told you this in person before, but I, I myself have a mutual fund that I invest in, but my friends, I have, um, a roommate, my roommate, Jake invests in stocks for his parents. He likes to day trade. This is a, you know, this is a very rare case. Most college kids don't invest at all and they, they like to pursue it more aggressively, you know, with their money than rather saving it. Mm. So it, it makes it very difficult to to talk about investing with um, some kids. I like to talk to Jake about it because he's very knowledgeable about the whole process. Okay. And um, I mean, there's there's um, many financial students. Monmouth has a great financial school. I know some other kids that don't really invest, but they are finance majors. Investing is a very it's very rare among kids my age. Um, the only two that I really know of are me and my roommate. So oh, that's it's, it's very, it's a very rare occurrence. That's interesting. Um, what, what about like money management? Um, how would you say your friends do in general with, you know, maybe if they're not investing, are they still like making a point to earn and save? Are they making a point to earn and be very careful with their spending or are they kind of all just doing whatever they feel like doing right now because they're in college. <laughs> it's, uh, it's out the window, you know? So people, myself, I like to save. I like to spend um, conservatively. Mm-hmm. But most kids, they're like, do you want to go out to eat instead of go to the dining hall where the food is free? And then you say, yeah. <laughs> and I myself, like, I would rather go to the dining hall and save money. You save that $20 and then, Later on, when you want to do something very special, like go on a vacation, you um, you use that money to, you know, reward yourself. But that is great. Most people, most people just think of they just they just do whatever they want in college. What mm-hmm. is what I'm saying? Um, hmm. You know, it's very it's very just do whatever you want. Don't care about the consequences. It's it's very. Very annoying too. Uh, I, I can see somebody like you. It probably frustrates you to see that kind of. I, I mean, I hate. I have that same feeling about peers of my own, like moms, you know, adults, and I see their spending habits, and I shake my head, and I, and you know, it's like I don't. I want to mind my own business if they're not asking for my opinion. But there's many times when I've had you know friends or acquaintances, and I see them behaving in a way you just described, and I think, you know. Last week, you told me you've got no money in the bank to pay for whatever, fixing your car, and now you're driving to New York City for the day, and you realize how much that costs you. You know, those kinds of things get frustrating for those of us, you know, who have that similar saving for the future um, mentality. Um, You actually had an opportunity recently to help one of your friends who needs a little more structure with uh, spending and saving, right? So um, tell everybody what it is you do for your fraternity. So I am the, so the position is called the financial chair of operations at Monmouth University for Sigma Tau Gamma. Mm -hmm. That's my fraternity. And recently we had a, we had a situation where multiple brothers past and present 
um, had outstanding dues that they didn't pay. So what I ended up doing is I established a, you know, as a financial advisor would, I kind of, I wanted to think of it like that. You establish a communication with said people and you try and, you try and go about it as nicely as possible without, you know, causing any waves mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you have this debt that you need to fulfill and, um, you need to do it by this date or, you know, punishments are going to sadly happen. And me and my standards board, you know, Jake, the, the guy who trades, we mm-hmm. worked together and we drew up a, a contract for one of the brothers that needed to fulfill some of his due payments. And he ended up paying all of his dues the next day. So it worked out. And the other two um, currently are past the deadline and we are going to deal with that accordingly. We're going to talk about it with our um, with our e-board and I think we're going to have to send them to collections if you're familiar with that. Yeah, wow. So people are learning the consequences, right, of not meeting their financial obligations and being more careful about how they manage their money. Yeah, it's just because um, you've had you've had a year to or you've had longer than a year to pay off these debts and people are texting you with excuses on why they can't. But then, like we mentioned before, they're the same kids that are out at, um, you know, like parties and going out to eat. Like we see you doing this, but then you can't fulfill your <laughs> debt payments. It's just, it's a process. Yeah, that's right. Um, fortunately, um, they have some time to learn a lesson, hopefully, because those problems will exacerbate as they get older and you've got, you know, a mortgage payment. Um, exacerbate? And, yeah. And will they get worse as well? Yeah. Okay. And Zane, your credit I, score will go up. Yeah, ex- that's right. Well, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, Zane, just out of absolute curiosity, uh, the the fraternity brother that owes the largest amount of money, I don't obviously want to know names, but what's the dollar amount? Um, so it was off the top of my head. I think it was about one thousand three hundred dollars, and it was just he just didn't pay at all, and we had to make sure that he was caught up on his payments before he, you know, went to the next year. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a lot of um, money for it. Is it is a lot of money, but in the in the scheme of life. It's a relatively small amount of money to learn an incredibly important lesson Absolutely. Uh, about responsibility and obligations. Uh, Zane, uh, I, I'm going to give you a, a little bit of context just based on um, I've been around a long time. He's really old. Really old. <laughs> I can still hit a golf ball. Um, there, the rough number that I'm going to use is is not academically driven. I, I can't cite an academic study. I can tell you that the vast majority of Americans, 75% plus, in the absence of Social Security, would not be able to retire ever. They have not saved enough on their own to be able to retire, 75% plus. Mm-hmm. My, my anecdotal number I'm just picking uh, from my experience is about 20%. I think 20% of us are wired. We think in, in a very similar way. Um, we think about um, free um, dining hall food versus uh, we're going to head out and drop a $20 bill. Well, we, we think about lots of ways to have tons of fun 
without spending tons of money. We think about saving. We think about accumulating. We think about those things. It's how it's who we are. It's how we're wired. Now, that, that, that's in my experience, about 20 percent of the people that we bump into uh, in, in general in life. The inverse of that number is 80 percent, 80 percent of your fraternity brothers have no real anxiety about I owe 1300 bucks mm. and either they're going to walk away from it. They're going to go to collections. They're going to trash their credit score or they're going to call mommy and daddy and they're going to go, mommy, daddy. I know I'm supposed to be a full grown adult, but I have not met my obligations and I, I really like my fraternity. Can you help? And that's their entire life. And it's unlikely to change. That's right. And as much as you and I and Alyssa, uh, your dad and lots of us would be very frustrated. Number one, we don't understand it. Number two, okay, you screwed up. Fix it. They don't want to. The reality is we're not in the majority. We're, We're in the very distinct minority of people who see the value in saving money, in putting money away, in investing, in learning how to do these things correctly, in honoring our obligations, in uh, making commitments and and being true to our word. We're in the decided minority. Um, there, there's a lot of folks in this world, uh, too, too much Facebook, too much TikTok, too much, what, InstaFace and, <laughs> and uh, Bookgram and all that kind of crap that they... Everybody wants to be like everybody else. Well, if you're going to live like everybody else, you're going to end up living like everybody else. Mm. And if you want to have a very, very special life, if you want to live like nobody else, then you're going to have to do things like nobody right. else does. So uh, be proud of the fact you're different. Be proud of the fact that your roommate is different. Be proud of the fact that you're in a very small minority. Um, But our small minority, yeah, we rule the world. (laughs) Yeah, you should be proud of yourself. Keep it up and keep trying to set a good example for your buddies. Maybe we'll increase that percentage to 25% (laughs) by the time you're Gene's age. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Zane. I hope you have a great summer, and uh, we look forward to talking with you again soon. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. anytime. Take care. Uh, we got a email. When Medicare announced the high premium increase for 2022, the main reason given was to fund a new costly dementia drug that was about to hit the market. That never occurred. I find it quite interesting that we've been paying approximately $25 a month extra $25 a month after. Yeah, he hasn't seen my premium payments. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, extra when half of that increase was for the drug. Have you heard any rumblings about this? Uh, we hear rumblings on an ongoing basis about lots of things. This is one of them. Um, and the explanation we get, it's bogus. It's coming from the government. It's bogus. Um, is, uh, well, it's not been approved yet. It's not coming out yet. It is. It's on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. Um, sadly, um, two of the institutions that, um, particularly when I was growing up, uh, we had uh, lots of confidence in and we turned to for leadership and, uh, and facts uh, were um, the, the government and media. And we have lost both of those. So um, 
sadly, yes, they raised the premiums. Uh, by the way, a buckle in, buckaroo, uh, because you think that's a big increase. Wait till next year hits. With inflation rates the right. way they are, right. uh, they are going to skyrocket. Uh, inflationary impacts on all insurance premiums are going to be much, much higher. PPL just announced, Dan Holzman, uh, I sh- wish I could remember the precise numbers. I think four or five months ago they raised their uh, rates 30 35%. They're raising them another 30 35% in short order. So uh, utility prices are through the roof. Um, we can't, when, when a politician stares into the camera and says, all of this inflation is because of Putin. You got, you, you seriously expect I'm going to believe that. Right. And, and the hypocrisy is lost on them. You can only shame somebody who has shame. It, it understands hypocrisy is a wrong thing in their world. Apparently hypocrisy is a good thing because they use it all day long. And on the media side, don't even get me started. Goodness. It's disappointing. Oh, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Uh, we have three minutes left in this edition of More Than Money, so we're going to do a couple things. Uh, number one, we're going to thank everybody who sent us emails and everybody who has been part of the show. Thank you particularly to Zane for calling in. Thank you to his dad for raising a fine young man that's interested in following in his footsteps. That's a pretty powerfully cool thing. And uh, there may come a time where the host is Alyssa, co-host Zane. (laughs) I may have to play in a golf tournament. (laughs) You you don't know. Um, I think Monday we're at Woodstone for the Charles Pack Golf Tournament. Next Friday we're at... Oh, we're at Pocono Manor for the East Strasburg University Women's Sports Program. Excellent. Very happy to uh, to be uh, doing both of those. If you have a tournament that's a fundraising effort for a worthy organization, send those along to me, Gene at askmtm.com, G-E-N-E at askmtm.com. And I will accommodate in if I am a if I am able. Uh, and Alyssa is very excited for me to accommodate because it gets me out of the office. And apparently when Mark and I are not in the office, the stock market goes up. That's right. Get them golfing as many days as possible. Oh, thank you so much. Didn't miss them at all. Yesterday. All right. That's <laughs> a little much. Come on. If you would like more information about anything you've heard on the show, all you have to do is ask. You can send Alyssa an email, A-L-Y-S-S-A. At askmtm.com. You can send me an email, gene at askmtm.com. You can go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. It's a really good website. <laughs> lots of great stuff. And lots of people, hundreds of people, listen to our shows on podcast. So if you missed any part of the show, you can certainly do that as well. Morethanmoneyonline.com. And you can call. My good friend Greg Grillo is in the office this morning, but I'm sure he's in meetings, so he's not going to answer the phone, likely. But 610-746-7007, 610-746-7007. Over the weekend, leave a message. We'll get back to you uh, during business hours, uh, Monday through Friday. And if you call during business hours, you'll talk to some wonderful people. Not Alyssa, not me. Some wonderful people, Tammy and Melissa and 
Connie and Megan, they're all wonderful. Yes, they are. And then there's us. <laughs> Matt, what are you going to do? <laughs> Folks, thanks so very much for being part of the show. We'll see you next time on More Than Money.